0: Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with Evangelist Adalis Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Facebook and Instagram or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's Evangelist Adalis. And I want you to do me a favor. I want you to turn your spirit on and turn your faith loose. You're not hearing a speaker at a public library who has a speech to give. You're hearing an anointed servant of the Lord and God's going to use her to touch your life. Would you please give a warm Lee County welcome? The pastor, Dollar Shuttlesworth.
1: You can be seated, everybody. How's everybody doing? So you just want me to preach or what? The whole thing, the whole shebang, John? Or you want to take the offering? I'm just saying, what do you want me to do? Okay, just preaching message, just go right into it. I'm just just going to go right into it. Can you say amen? I want you to turn with me to Matthew 25 as I want to open this time up uh, for a time to give. Can you say amen? Because I want to be able to minister at the end and I don't want to break the flow. Can you say a bigger amen? Okay, so I want you to go to uh, Matthew 25. Ushers, be prepared. It says, At the time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but didn't take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, say midnight, Midnight. say midnight. midnight, the cry rang out. Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps, The foolish one said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may be enough for both of us. Uh, There may not be enough for both of us, you and me. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourself. Turn to your neighbor and say, buy some for yourself but while they were on their way to buy the oil the bridegroom arrived the virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut later the others also came lord lord they said open the door for us but he replied truly i tell you i don't know you therefore keep watch turn to your other neighbor and say keep watch because you don't know the day or the hour. I want to emphasize a little bit. I know a lot of us have heard about this uh, story before, but one of the things that really stood out to me is when they purchased the oil. And there's a time to purchase the oil. Can you say amen? Amen. And a lot of times we attribute, I know for me and my husband, it's, 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 oh, it must be nice to live in the blessing now. Oh, it must be nice to have, you know, just to go into a store and purchase whatever you want. It must be nice to meet all your bills. It must be nice to live the way you live. But the thing is, there's sacrifice that comes along with where we are now. And these were all a series of decisions that we chose to make with our finances. And we purchased the oil when it was, uh, uh, when it was time to purchase the oil. Can you say Amen. And a lot of times we 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 uh, deny the power of the purchase. We deny the power of of of, of parting your your uh, parting with your seed in a, in a time where uh, you know like like this, where there's anointing, where there's the anointing. You know, there's something that you have. To do something that's required of you to receive the anointing, and I'm not saying you buy the anointing; you're missing it here. I'm not saying you purchase the anointing, but in a setting in an atmosphere like this, there is something that you feel to do, and 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 whatever it is that you feel to do, like Mary told Jesus, do it. Whatever He tells you to do, do it. And I'm telling you the very same because it it, it takes you being filled up. So that when times get rough or when, when, when it's necessary to dip into the oil, there's plenty. There's a harvest. Can you say amen? Amen. Say that word harvest. Harvest. Say this. The harvest Harvest. is mine, mine. but see there's seed that needs to, 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 to be delivered. If you want to harvest, there needs to be seed that is, is let go out of your hand. Something has to let go. You need to let go of something in your power. Can you say amen? And so that's what it took to get to where we are at. That was the secret to our success. Is we gave and then it came back to us. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. We just came back from uh, the camp and that song was played three times a day. So when you give, it will come back to you. That's the whole point of seed and harvest time. And there's a, 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 a time where it's really convenient to give. And then there's times where it's not so convenient to give. But do you hold off on, on giving because it's not convenient because you got bills to pay? Because there's, there's so many things ahead of you that you have to do. Do you stop it? Because I'll tell you, then the harvest stops. So we've learned to give in drought or in abundance. We give, and now I'm so confident in my giving that I never have to worry about finances. Do you, John? Because I know we have such an abundance of harvest. I keep tabs on, on what I give. And you think I'm kidding, I have like a record. I'm like, you know what, Lord, on April. 20 verse of 2021. I don't give this amount and I haven't seen that yet. So praise the Lord. It's coming to me. So I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to worry about a thing because I have seed in the ground. And if I have seed in the ground, there's going to be an abundance. You know, what's interesting to me is when you sow an apple seed, you don't just get one apple. You get an apple tree. So there's an abundance that comes back to you. And so when it was most convenient or when it wasn't really convenient for those virgins to purchase the oil, they just sat on it. They're like, nah, we'll get it. We'll just borrow. No. Church your neighbor and say, "Stay stay ready. You know, COVID really did kind of open all of our eyes to see the flaws in our belief system. To see what we really believed. Because a lot of us really believed in the government that they would help us through and they would make the right choices for us. And then, uh-oh, you can't count on the government or the world's way of doing things. There's a way of doing it. It's called the word of God. It's called, uh, you know, the, the Bible. So if you get in tune with what the Bible
0: says and you do it. S- since you got me involved, keep my mic on if you would. S- since you got me involved, you, s- you said, do you, you got, you asked me. Okay. You said, do you ever think about money? There's a scripture, 1 Kings 17, 16, where after the lady uh, followed Elijah's instructions, the Bible says, and no matter how in the first version of the New Living Translation, they didn't translate it like that in any other translations, but it says, No matter how much, no matter how much she used, there was always plenty left over. And then her job in all of that was just to listen to what Elijah said. So the bridge, I think that 1 Kings 17 was what broke me through in the money area because I was like that woman. Bake some bread for me first. And she's thinking, listen, I've got enough food for me and my son to have one more meal and then we're going to die. Why don't you go to some gated community and ask one of them? She didn't understand like I didn't understand for a long time. That guy is not, and it's not my fault that I didn't understand because they never presented the offering. And I mean, I don't mean, I mean Never. Growing up in church, in 18 years of being faithful to church, the totality of Bible that I received on offering was the brethren are coming to receive the offering. God bless you as you give or have not to give, which even at nine, I thought, if you get the same blessing, what idiots putting any money in the offering? And that's what that woman thought when Elijah came. Bake for me first. What do you mean? I, I already don't have enough until she, then Elijah spoke to her about her. He never said one thing about the brook drying up. He never said anything about his future endeavors in the ministry. He talked to her about her. I like what Adala said in the beginning of the uh, offering because she started talking to you about you. She said, when you give, your giving will come back to you. Do you know in the Bible, God never spoke to people about a seed without speaking to them about their harvest. Even when he was ticked off, return to me in the tithe and the offering. You've robbed from me. Now return to me in the tithe and the offering. And is, and when you do, I won't be upset anymore. No. And when you do, see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour who out? Pour who? You. Pour you out a blessing that's so great, you won't have room enough to take it all in. Try it and let me prove it to you. Your crops will be abundant, for the rains will fall in their proper time. I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. goes on a list of blessings for them. So you basically have two groups of people in a service like this. You have a group of people that think, ah, oh, they're going to talk. And, and and I I probably need to get over this myself because this is the best time to take the offering. It frees up the service at the end. But I know when I go to preach, if I take the offering up front, everybody that brought a visitor is, oh. Uh, I knew they wanted your money because people think the offering is about the church or a ministry wanting your money and I tell you a second time it's not the people's fault for believing that way because hardly anybody takes a proper offering they do in this church but you turn on Christian TV it's like televised begging we need your help You know, we really need you to give if you enjoy this programming and you want us to stay on there we really need to hear from you that's not what Elijah did and that's not how the Bible taught it. God doesn't say, if you want to continue to hear the, the word of God, then I need you to kick in some money. That's not what he said. What she started saying about realizing that the government does not, not only doesn't have the answers, the government is often actively looking to, to kick the legs out from under your business endeavors. Almost to the point they want to make it, that's how you introduce socialism. You introduce socialism by making it where there's no point in launching any business endeavors because you're going to get as much sent to you by mail as you would if you worked. So what's the point? Why am I going to risk and start an oil and gas endeavor? It's like the Keystone Pipeline. It's not that there's no money in the country, you know, these liars the economy has stalled. No, you stalled it because nobody's going to invest $10 billion to build an oil pipeline when you, by executive order, after all the permits have gone through and all the building's been done, you shut it down. So no, the money's all there, but everybody sidelines it because you punish people for trying to get ahead. But I'm so thankful. In fact, how many of you heard last night when I said the pendulum has swung? Did you know an economic expert that I follow, his name's Brian Westbury. You can look him up. He, he's a Christian, but he's an, ec- I don't follow him because he's a Christian. I follow him because he's an excellent economist. He tweeted today, the pendulum is swinging. And they announced today that the recession that was guaranteed to hit the second half of the year, it now looks like the worst is behind it. It's going to swing up. Do you want to know why that's happened? Because with all the efforts the last two and a half years to put everybody on universal basic income and cripple the economy, there are too many tithing, giving Christians in the United States that have the windows of heaven open over their life, and with no help from the government, their money is multiplying. Because God has given us access to another realm you can take yourself out of republican control and democrat control and world economic forum control and united nations control if you give he didn't say i'll help you from the government he said see if i won't open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that's so great you won't have room enough your only problem will be having room enough to take it all in and that's what's happening to us so when you got me involved Not not only do I not think about how much money we have, I don't check anymore because I've tried to run out since 2016. I have actively tried to spend all the money on kingdom endeavors and, and bankrupt myself. I've had 2016. Patrick told us we'll be out of money by October at the latest, probably June, never ran out One of the crusades that we did, we were cleaning up the crusade field and there was a couple standing there on trash pickup day with a check for $50,000, not offering. The Lord told us in our house to go to this field and give, there's going to be a minister there, give him a check that we saved up for our swimming pool, $50,000. I don't know what kind of pool they were building. You're going to recreate Dubai in their backyard or what? But but one thing after another like that, you know, and I don't want to keep bringing this up. But this watch is a nice watch this is a rolex presidential how many of you were here when i presented pastor dean with a rolex yeah i didn't get him one this nice and it what's it been one year and i'm walking in a freaking parking lot and someone walks up to me i got saved watching you preach and then I launched a business after I watched you preach and listen to your podcast, and our business has gone to a high level, and I wanted to give you the most expensive thing I bought for myself from that business as a way of saying, thank you for leading me to the Lord. And you know you know what they tell you to do as a preacher? Don't wear this watch. Wear it like on vacation, but wear it like a, like a mid-range watch for the people because some people will not like it. But you know, for me, that's dishonest. I think people should be able to see what God can do for an ordinary person that decides to take him at his word. And that the giving's not to help God. God wants to see if you put me first. Put me first. Big for me first. Put me first. And if you do, if you put my house first, I will make your house first. And I'm telling you, if you do that, you will, unless God's a liar, it's the only place in the Bible where he said, try it and let me prove it to you. And I think with the pendulum swinging the other way, what a great time to give because it's going to, it's going to boom. I told you yesterday before anybody started tweeting it, the second half of this year is going to be a boom in the kingdom of God. And and I'm getting in, you know, the Lord spoke to us to to start the church in Fort Worth and uh, we don't have the, the, our permanent building in Pittsburgh yet. We have the land, but we're building. So normally you'd go, well, you know, let me get the one in Pittsburgh built first, Lord, but I don't have... In the natural, I don't have what it takes to do a $20 million building program in Pittsburgh. I'm not taking loans. It'd be a cold day in hell when I sit in a loan office and ask a heathen banker if I can borrow some money to do work for Jesus. No, no, no. It's not happening. So if I don't have enough, it doesn't matter. All I have to do is follow orders in what I'm instructed to do and follow orders in what I'm told to give. And that's it. And so you heard the story. In Florida... A pastor walked by me, a young pastor who I knew just got a building. I looked for places to sell. You're not supposed to do that. uh, You know, everybody, best of luck for yourself. I have my own thing to do. Hey, I said, call that pastor and have him come sit by me out in the back. I was sitting in the back of the building. I said, "Uh, I saw you just got a new building. How much is the lease payment per month? $3,000. I said, I'll pay your lease for a year. And he started crying. He said, uh. Can I tell you two things before I go back to my seat? I said, sure. He said, my dad got diagnosed with stage four cancer and we took money from the church to send him to to Rodney Howard Brown's church for healing school so he can get healed. Otherwise, he's going to die. They don't even have, he's past the point of treatment. And that took unexpected money out. And then he said, number two, we had to hire two more people and we don't have enough money to hit payroll for, for the first of August. So he said, I just in the morning service today told the Lord, I don't have enough to do what you've called me to do. So I'm going to take what I have. And instead of trying, no matter how, grip, how, how hard you grip your $300, you can't get it to turn into $1,100. But that's what people do. It's like, well, we need, to, we need to cut back. You cut back all you want. It's not going to be enough. So, But if you take what isn't enough and put it in the hand of the God who's more than enough. And that's what he did. I didn't know any of that. I wasn't even there in the morning. I said, Lord, I don't have enough. So I'm going to give you what I have. And just trust you to take care of what, I have, of what I need that's not enough. And then all of a sudden, sitting there drinking a Dunkin' Donuts with a hat on backwards at a, as a youth camp. I wasn't there to give. I was there to chill. And I saw that guy and something. What made me say, wait a minute, that guy, send him over here. Then, I, when, then when he came over, I didn't even have a plan on what I was going to say to him. I was just going to say, hello, how's the church doing? And then that came up. How much is the lease on your new church? $3,000. Well, I, I'll tell you how it's going to work. That's how giving works. I did what I can at my level. He cried because he said, now we can make payroll. Everything's good. Thank you so much. I can't do the thing God's called me to do in my strength, but I can do something with what I have to advance the kingdom of God. And then God, then what makes a couple say, we remembered we had 24.8 acres of commercial property. We want to give it to you. We remember we have a million million building. We want to give it to you. That when you give, And respond to that Then God puts it on other people's hearts To respond and give And I'll tell you another thing If those people say no Then God will get gold coins in fish's mouth God will cause ravens to bring bread and meat God's not limited by people If you give you will receive It's a way to store up treasure Not only in heaven But for your children and your children's children The offering is to bless the people Not to bless God Can you say amen Amen
1: so you have to have the vessel ready. Can you say amen? amen. Eli- uh, this is 2 Kings verse uh, chapter 4 verse 1. It says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me what do you have in the house and she said your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil then he said go borrow vessels from everywhere from all of your neighbor it neighbors empty vessels don't gather just a few and when you've come in you shall shut the door behind you and your sons Then pour it into the vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Verse six. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her sons, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God. And he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. And you and your sons live on the rest. So it's important here. The thing is about the vessel. The, the point that I want to emphasize here and, and what, with, the, with the ten virgins is there was extra vessels, right? And so here she called out for a vessel and there was none. And when you stop with the vessels, because that's what you're doing. Every time you sow a seed, it's a vessel for more to come back on you. And so when you stop giving the vessel, then God cannot pour the oil in it. And so always have a vessel. Can you say amen? I can tell you right now, if that was me and I had two sons and the oil kept flowing, I'd be like, you, one of you, go back to Lubbock and find your 52 cousins out there and get some more vessels, okay? I'll be out here slowly pouring this thing. And then the other brother, go to Phoenix, okay? Because you know you got some kind of family members out there. But keep the vessels coming. Because you knew it was a supernatural act. So I don't care where I'd find the vessels, I'm going to find another vessel but it stopped flowing. Can you say amen? So the point I'm trying to make here is don't quit giving God a vessel. Don't stop giving though. It might seem like it's like, you know, a lot of you, it might be frustrating sometimes just I feel like I'm constantly sowing, but in due season, you are going to reap an abundant harvest. It would be so stupid of me to plant a tomato seed and be ticked off that I can't have tomato, a Capri salad by dinner time. That's that's not going to happen. I have to be patient and I have to understand. And there's this side of trust in God's word that we're going to talk about in the moments to come that really allows you to just not give a care and say, you know what? I did what you called me to do and the rest is, is up to you. The rest, the ball's on your court. So when I get the harvest, I know it's due mine. So I don't have to worry about it and hover over that plant and be like, are you growing it? No, it's a law. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's a law. Harvest is mine. Can you say amen? Amen. So always have vessels. Always, always have vessels. Now I know, especially after COVID, I don't care what happens in the world. If it goes upside down, uh, you know, if it it all turns to, to chaos, I don't care. I have seed in the ground and I'm going to be well taken care of. If they strip us of everything because they're, they're against what we're teaching. They, they want us to stop, you know, uh, uh, planting churches everywhere. They, they can do that and it's, it's, it's like a magnet on the inside of us. And we'll, we'll have more than before because that's just the way it works. Can you say amen? So think big tonight. Can you say Amen. I want you, uh, if you need an envelope, those of you that are watching, don't ignore me. You're part of this too. So these are the ways to give. It's right on the screen. You could do Cash App, Venmo. You could do PayPal. You can go to revivaltoday.com forward slash give and give through our website if you'd like. You can do the hashtag donate. You can even give uh, by cryptocurrency. Just scan that card. And you could also text to give. Text. Uh, RT to 50155, and if you distrust the whole electronic system and you just want to do the snail mail thing, I feel you. You could just mail your uh, checks or whatever it is you're sending to P.O. Box 7, Prosperity PA, 15329. If any of you needs an envelope, I want you to raise your hands, or maybe the envelopes are already in your seat. But when you're ready to give, I want you to get up on your feet, and I'm going to bless you. Think big tonight. Turn to your neighbor and say, think big. Turn to your other neighbor and say, think bigger. Yeah, that was kind of creepy there. Mm, Yes, think bigger. If If you're wondering what two numbers to pick, it's the bigger one. In Jesus' name. And thank you for all our partners. We have a ton of partners here. Thank you for believing in Jonathan. Thank you for believing in us in revival today and what we're endeavoring to do and what we have been doing. You guys are amazing. And we pray for you. We pray for breakthroughs. Every dollar that you give, I pray that God would give it to you a hundredfold.
0: I'll I'll tell you something that God's gonna do. You know, when when the Lord spoke to us to start that church in um, uh, Fort Worth, Friday. Not even a week ago. You know, and then now 90 people have signed up in two days, 72 hours or so, to to be workers, not to come to the church. We had 46 people sign up to be workers for the church in Pittsburgh in three months. And 90 have signed up in 72 hours. What's Fort Worth? Another vessel. You keep giving God room to move. You make room for him to move. So the grace flows downhill. So just like the Lord, now we could have pulled back. Now, Lord, that's insane. You can't do have two churches in Pennsylvania. We don't even have a built- No, no, no. Pittsburgh's a vessel, Fort Worth's a vessel. I know this church is doing that. I promise you, if you get involved in this, there's gonna be your own next vessel that the Lord's gonna to speak to you to present to him. When the Lord's speaking to you about making a move, he's asking you to give him another vessel to bless. So your flesh says, I can't expand property for my business. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure how things are going to go in the fall in our business. Every time the Lord deals with you about expansion, I don't want to be that woman that says, I'm out of vessels now. You give him another thing to bless. And God's going to speak to people tonight about making a move of expansion in your business or your endeavor. Remember, he's not speaking to you about it to cripple you. He's asking you to give him another place for him to move. Can you say amen? All right, go ahead and bless everybody. That was great.
1: Lift up your seat in the air. Those of you that are watching by computer, lift up your computers. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for a hundredfold return and everything that money cannot buy. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, I thank you that this month and the rest of the months that are left in this year would be the most glorious for each person that gives to revival today in the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. Please receive the offering. I'm going to sing a little song for you. Why are you singing? Why are you laughing, Blue? Jesus loves the little children. Wow, you guys are way too easy. Way too easy, too easy to preach. Thank you for encouraging me. Thank you. Amen. Y'all are blessed. And if you don't know about the blessing, you're going to know about it shortly. Can you say amen? amen? How many of you guys have your Bibles, your notebooks, and something to write with? I feel like I'm a children's church pastor because I am. And that's a requirement to be in my class. Because you're not just going to stare at me in my awesome jacket. okay? You're going to take notes and you're going to enter in. Can you say Amen. In fact, before I start, I'm going to pray for you. Lift your hands up. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray that this message would change the hearts of every person here. The way they came in, Father, let it not be the way they come out of this service. I pray that you would expand their horizon, expand their ter- territory, expand their capacity. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, let every heart be open to receive what I'm going to teach on tonight. Anoint the words, every word that proceeds out of my mouth. Let it be like, uh, uh, words coming out of your mouth in the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. Amen. I've titled this message. Are you ready for it? Jesus cannot take the wheel. Jesus cannot take the wheel. Okay. And we're going to open, open it up in Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. And you guys should be familiar because I'm pretty sure I make mention this scripture every single time I take the platform here. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. It says today, say today, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Jonathan, I want you to interject whenever you want. Where's that mic? Because you do this to me all the time. So now whenever you want, you can just go ahead and take it. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Can you say amen? You know, one of the things that really changed my life was the uh, ability to see the role that I had to play in my own life. And I was raised in a very religious background that said, you know, uh, uh, they made mention, you know what, Jesus is in control, God is in control, and whatever will be, will be. Hmm? If God wants your mom saved, she's going to get saved. You just sit there and look pretty. If God wants to heal, you know, Sister Martha, he's going to heal her. But if he wants her to die in that sickness, that's going to happen too. That's going to be all part of God's will. And you know, this kind of thinking has messed up the body of Christ. Because they think God as being sovereign. Oh, have you ever heard of that? God is the sovereign God. He is sovereign. But that means that he's supreme. He's the most high God. There is nobody who can stand next to him. When you talk about the sovereignty of God, it's because he's the most excellent, the best of the best, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. But somehow they've translated the sovereignness of God to, to be God in control of everything that happens. And if God is in control of everything that happens, dear God, You, you must be smoking some bad weed to think that God is allowing incestual relationships in a family, molestation and rape, murder, human trafficking. You must be out of your mind. But we believe that. See, because a lot of times we don't even think things through. We just repeat it because grandma repeated it. Abuelita. But sometimes we got to be like, Abuelita, shh, you don't make no sense. Go watch, you know, Don Francisco or something. I know he's probably dead. God rest his soul. I don't know if he's dead or not, but. So just because God is the highest authority or power doesn't mean he controls everything in your life. Amen. And you have to be aware of that. And you know who, who taught me that? That man in the front. Is that true? Yes. I remember you came to my youth group. And you started talking about the power of holiness, something I'd never heard before and how we as, as believers have to walk that out every single day and make the choice to live. Holy, to not go to the party, to refrain from drinking, to not hang out with boo-boo in fact, just, just, you know, dump boo-boo. Because I always thought, I I literally would pray prayers like, God, I'm sorry that I punched, you know, this cat in the cafeteria today and they might expel me. I'm really sorry about that, but you really didn't give me power to to, to overcome this anger. So I'm sorry, I'll pray again tomorrow. Because there's also sin in my life that I don't know about. How many of you guys have been taught that? We all sin and we don't even know it. I'd be like, damn, I don't even know it? What am I, what am I, what am I doing? Was I like, you know, killing somebody in my sleep? What? I don't know it. God, reveal it to me. I'm like, God. So you just taught. and that's what religion will do. It'll make you think that if God wants it done, he's gonna get it done. Hallelujah. I actually put a, a, a thing on my Instagram page. Does anybody follow me here on Instagram? Who doesn't? Don't. Just don't. Don't follow me. I've had some crazy things out there. But one of it is like this black woman and she's singing like, if God wants it done, he's gonna do it. Or something like that. And it's about laundry. And so it's a meme like, you know. So that's how I felt. I was like, you know what, God? If you want it done, you gonna just do it in Jesus' name. But I'll wait forever if I think that way. And you'll wait forever if you think that somehow God's gonna intervene in your marriage and he's gonna make it better. No, you need to quit being a jerk. Can you say amen? And it's funny because Deuteronomy 30 says today, it starts with today. Today you make a decision. I hate Christianity that leaves things in the ethereal like la-la imaginary land. Someday it'll happen. In God's timing. But today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Today is the day that you make the choice to either side with the flesh or side with the spirit. So it leads you to think that every day is a choice, right? Yeah, because it is. And that's what separates you. And that's what people get. It just gets people so messed up. Some of you guys here, maybe it's the first time you've ever been saved. You got saved this week. And now in your mind, you're thinking that the, you know, the enemy is put in your head. Like you're never going to get out of this. You've been in it for 25 years. You can't just wave this magic wand. And all of a sudden you're a brother, you're a sister in Christ and everything's going to go away. You can't think that. You got to walk this thing out. It's going to be no, but every day is a day that you choose to side with the spirit of God. And so you don't take it like, oh my gosh, uh, you know, look at me. I've done so much in 25 years. You know, God can take every turn it around in one, one little moment's time. He can take that desire of addiction out of your mouth, out of your body and everything changes. But what we do is, oh, but I've been in it so long. We'll convince ourselves out of what God has done. And then somebody's got some religious dummy is going to say, oh, no, this is something that you're just going to have to. There's steps to climb out of this one. It's going to take you, you know, five or six years to really wrap your head around the word and really trust God. And no, it doesn't. It's a day to day thing. I can choose today. To live the way God wants me to live. Or I could choose the way Adolis wants me to live. That's a choice that I have to take every single day of my life. And the easy thing is just to do what I feel. I feel mad. I feel like punching her. I could do that, but I'm going to go to jail and make headline news. Evangelist wife punches lady. So you don't want that.
0: So just Evangelist side. ex-wife. No, I'm kidding. I would really? stay with you. All right, go Really? Ahead. <laughs> uh, that's
1: funny. <laughs> I was gonna say something right there, but you know I didn't. Cause I chose the spirit. Amen. Huh? Not my carnality. But when we get home. I ain't making no promises. (laughs) So if you want to live in victory, you have to understand what's most fundamental about our Christianity. And the most fundamental thing in your Christianity is that you have to learn what is real. Okay? This is what's real. I cannot begin to tell you how many people will side with what they see and what they feel and the doctor's report and you're, 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 you're siding with the wrong side. This has to become your ultimate reality. The ultimate truth in your life and I've been t- saying this now since 2016, since I, I, I have the, had the guts to, to talk to anybody about it. Because this would change my life. The word of God changed my life. And it changed my life because it changed my thinking. And I was in a rut for so many years. For 10 years, I refused to take the mic because I was scared. Because I believed a lie. I sided with my feelings. I sided with carnality. But when I got into the word of God, a new reality began to form in my mind, in the way that I thought. And so slowly, without knowing it, everything started to change. And so for some of you, you come in here and you think, oh, Pastor Shropshire's, that family is like the royal family. They're so lovey-dovey and so godly. That must be nice. And so you're thinking to yourself, you know, like, uh, uh, that's not my life. You should see what I go through. You should see where I'm coming from. You should see where I go home to. The parents that I have. Or non-existing parents that you don't have. And so it's easy to to let your circumstances dictate to you how you're going to turn out. And that's just simply not how God wants it done. Can you say amen? amen? You can change everything in your life by changing the way you think. So it doesn't matter what you see. It doesn't matter who, you know, who's connected to you or what's happened in the past. If you allow the word of God to change your life, your life will change. You just have to choose to want that. Can you say amen? I know this might seem very elementary, very basic, but people don't do it. And that concerns me as a pastor now. Because I have to hear the stories. I have to constantly be encouraging people in their marriage and raising their children in their businesses. Why? Why do I have to do that job? Why can't you just allow the spirit of God to encourage you? Jesus cannot take the wheel. Jesus take the wheel. Take it from my hand Cause I can't do this on my own I'm letting go If you let go of that steering wheel, you're gonna crash and die, dummy Get your hand back on the steering wheel, Carrie Thank you But that's how we think we're like, God, just God is in control. Amen. Mm, God is in control. No, he is not. No, he's not. We are behind the wheel of our own lives. God is in the car and you better, you better hear what he has to say. And you better take heed to the directions he gives you or you're going to be lost. But he is not taking the wheel. We have to take directions from him based out of the word of God. But make no mistake about it. He does not do the driving. I do the driving. You do the driving. Can you say amen? Amen. Jeremiah 10, 23. No, 10, 23. I know, Lord, that our lives are not our own. We are not able to plan our own course. Here it is again in the New Living Translation. It says, oh Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. So you understand it's vital for us to be totally dependent on God. And the Bible says the word of God is God. God. So it is absolutely vital to be dependent on his word or else we're going to become lost. And we're going to keep, you know, our wheels are going to keep spinning and we're not going anywhere. We keep going around in circles. I know that's happened with me several times in my life because I refuse to ask for help. I refuse to ask the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me into all truths like his word says. And so we're never meant to live without God's help or his insight. Be totally dependent on God, but understand that the choice is yours to make. And he would that you uh, that you would choose life, so that you and your descendants might live. He would that you would choose blessings instead of curses. But ultimately, the choice is yours, and the choice is yours to make every single day of your life. And I want to emphasize the everyday thing because sometimes we get in the anointing, and we're all happy, clappy, and <laughs> yeah, I feel the anointing, and then it's over and you go back to the mundane you go back to the routine and all of a sudden you don't feel god i just don't feel it the way i felt it anymore you know what i mean so when sister margaret came over my house you know one thing led to another you made the choice not to choose life because you based everything on a feeling you can make the, the, the choice to live godly, live free from sin every single day of your life. It's not based on a feeling. It's a choice that you have to make. Can you say amen? amen. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves therefore to God. I always read it, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. But there was a, there was a part before that resisting the devil, right? It says, submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So you have to understand there's something that God wants you to do. There's a plan of good for your life. And there's also a plan of the enemy, uh, bad for your life. The enemy comes to steal, to kill and to destroy your life. But then there's a choice that I have to make. I have to submit myself to the good plan that God has for me. And there's a resisting that I have to do. There's an action that I have to do. God didn't say, submit yourself to me and I'll take care and make all those decisions for you. He didn't say that. He said, submit to me and then you resist them. So I looked up that word resist and it says to stand against. To oppose. To resistory. That's the, like, etymology of it, you know what I mean? I just am fascinated with that. I'm probably saying it wrong, but whatever. Which means to stop. To resist is to stop. Turn to your room and say stop. Mira. S-T-O-P. Red, stop. Could it be that easy? Absolutely, 100%. Stop. Knock it off knock it off I had uh, 11 kids at my house this last week for uh, kids camp and whenever they ticked me off I'd be like knock it off and I'd give them the evil eyes like I don't care whose kid you are I will belt you up up in this piece <laughs> I'd be like I was correcting the other kids that were in camp and be like no you gonna you sit down and worship put your hands up sir <laughs> whose kid is that I don't even know whose kid that is You know, when I was struggling with fear in the first years of our marriage, I would come to Jonathan and I'd be like, John, I just feel like the oppression of the enemy. I feel like this warfare happening. (laughs) You know, a lot of churches base their theology on this like constant warfare. We just got to pray against this. We just got to pray against it. We got warfare against it. <laughs> And you know, if there's no joy in a church, God's presence isn't there. So if you walk into the church and it's this like funeral song and everything's dark and there's, you know, the fog machine, you can barely, your eyes are watering and you're thinking it's a spirit, but really it's the fog machine. You got something, the tickle in the back of your throat. You can hardly breathe. Your throat's shutting on you because of that toxic powder. (coughs) It's like burning. (laughs) You know, be be aware of that. Where there's an absence of joy, there's an absence of God's presence. That's when when people come to me (laughs) like this, I'm like, no, stop it right there. Go pray or something, but I can't, I can't do that. You're not, you're not in the spirit. There's no victory in what you're about to tell me. So don't even talk in those moments. And I remember when when I first got married thinking like, oh, this this evil, you know, this fear. And I feel like everybody in my family is going to die. That's normal, right? (laughs) And John would be like, "Uh, stop it. I'd be like, what do you mean stop it? You can't just stop this you can't just stop fearing. (laughs) And then I read in the word of God, it says, do not fear like a thousand times. Don't fear. Stop. Stop fearing. Stop sinning. Lest something worse comes on you. Stop. Stop it. That's it. You don't have to overcomplicate it. Why do Christians overcomplicate everything? God's not asking you to do like wave, like, like a flag, take a blue flag. This is going to symbolize victory. (laughs) Then you're going to wave it around in your, you know, pink leotard and jump three times and click your heels for victory. No, just stop it. You know, that's easy, right? So quit overcomplicating the word of God. He just says, stop sinning. And you know, when you're sinning. You know, we just, we tripped up, you know, Bible school students. We just tripped up, you know, me and Nancy, we just tripped up and it was just, listen, I've tripped a lot of times. I didn't trip into somebody's lap. What do you mean trip up? You had that calculated. You had that planned out, Nancy. You little hoe. Put some pants on. Oh no, we just tripped up. No, you didn't, you calculated that bad boy. You got in the vehicle, you drove down Hobbs Street and got into one of those weirdo roads out there in the pitch black, and then one thing led to another. But give me a break, you didn't just trip up. That was a calculated thing. And you should've stopped the nonsense. See, it's it's so much easier just to look at things just that was, that was stupid, that was my bad. I shouldn't have said that. That was ba- my bad, I'm sorry, I'll never do that again. I shouldn't have acted that way. I overreacted. You don't have to overcomplicate things, y'all. Turn to your neighbor and say stop. And you know, religion will always lead you to a place where you're unable to move. And that's what religion does. When we think about, oh, God's going to do his thing, that's religion. God's going to save the world. We're just going to, you know, stay right here in the comfort of our own home. That's not how it works. He said, go into the world and preach the gospel to everyone everywhere. Say, that's me. Yeah, he didn't say like evangelists go out and do it, pastors go out and do it. He said, no, if you call yourself my child, a child of God, I need you to go out into the world and preach the gospel to everyone everywhere. Can you say amen? amen. But religion teaches you that your actions are irrelevant and your efforts don't mean a thing, which is simply not true. Can you say amen? amen. You wanted to add something in there? So there's something that you have to do. You know, every attack in your life is very purposeful. I heard Pastor Rodney talk about this the other day. And it's every attack. He said something like, I'm going to butcher it. But he said something like every attack that the devil has sent your way is to try to get you to lose the joy. Is to try to get you to lose your strength. Right? Because if you lose your joy, you lose your strength. And so if you lose your strength, you lose the ability to fight. And if you're not fighting, you're as good as gone. Because we fight the good fight of faith. Can you say amen? Amen. And so every attack on your life is purposeful. It's meant to slow you down. It's meant to get you into a place where you're depressed, where you're oppressed, and you doubt God. Because ultimately that's the end goal is for you to doubt. Did he really want this for me? did he really mean that did he really want me to have that so you can't allow the devil to steal what God has put in you he wants to steal your trust in God the trust in the word right and so we understand that the seed might come and to, to some, the, 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 the cares of this world will choke it out. To some, the enemy might come and just, you know, take it before it even takes root. For some, the, 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 the seed is so shallow that it can only grow so far. But the sunlight and everything else, it just like completely withers the plant, Right? All of that is talking about the seed, the word of God in in a man's heart. And so what we do is important. How we cultivate that seed in our heart is very, very vital for the growth of your Christian walk with the Lord. Can you say amen? amen? Will you allow the enemy to steal the word? I know you say no but you know some young <laughs> Second Peter 3 verse 9 says the Lord is not willing that any should perish but that all come to repentance. God's will is plainly stated there. But the way some people think, it's like if God wants that done, He's gonna just save your cousin in Mexico City. No, t- call him up, text him, lead him to the Lord. Literally, it's that easy. Fool. So God's will is plainly stated. But are people not going to hell anymore? No, there's a lot of people that are going to hell. A lot. But Matthew 7, verse 13 says, You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. What did I say, Matthew 7? What? Yes, that's right. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose the easy way. There's a choice to be made. Even in that. So we have to understand how I live my life right now is, is 100% on me. The choices that I make right now to live against what I've come through or what I come from, I am not going to be a victim of my circumstances. I'm going to take my life and make it work. Look at, look at, so, so, so what do you do? What do you do when the storms come? What do you do? When the enemy tries to come and steal your trust and steal your joy, what do I do, Dallas? Turn with me to Psalm 19, verse 8. The commands of the Lord are right. Say right. Right. Bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Can you say amen? amen? That blessed me. Because how many of you guys were here in the morning? We're talking about vision. This is so important for the believer to understand. If you're at a place where you're zapped from joy and you're a victim of your circumstances, that's on you. Can you say amen? amen? And it says here, the commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight For living, the Amplified says, the commands of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Enlightening the eyes. So the eyes of your understanding have to come open when circumstances come, when the storms come, when the attack comes. What are you going to see that's different from what you're seeing in the natural? That's what's going to count. You know, every time they, that, that Jesus was uh, tempted, what did he do? Did he pray in tongues? No. Did he call the brethren, all the, all the disciples to come around him and pray for him? No. Did he pray about it? No. What did he do? That's right. He said, it is written. There's a secret to that. There's a secret to every attack the enemy sends your way. If you have the word hidden in your heart and you're living uh, by it every single day, there is not an attack that's great enough to to take you out. All you need to do is say, it is written, devil. So the problem isn't your circumstances. It's not. And I wish we could get real here. Instead of just being like... "Hmm." We're Christian. The problem is the hole that's inside of you. The hole of, of, of ignorance. The hole of misunderstanding who you are. The hole of you not really uh, understanding the authority that's given to you through the blood of Jesus. That you cannot be messed with that you can't be sick, that you can't die young. Once you get that in you, it doesn't matter what kind of, whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. No, you don't. No, you don't. You have the MRI thing on your refrigerator so that you can look at it and get depressed every morning. There it is, stage four cancer. You don't believe it. So you have to believe the report of God. This is the report. It would have been easy for Joshua and Caleb to just dismiss the report that God had given them, right? This is the land that you will possess. This is for you, for your descendants. Go and scope it out and see how amazing it is. But then they get there and the giants are in there. And then it's interesting that the other spies said, we're like grasshoppers and they think so too. No, they didn't, they didn't think that. Because a few chapters later, when they, when they go to Rahab's house, she was letting them in on how they were really feeling. Our hearts are melting within us. When we think about you, everyone pees themselves a little, man. They know you're God. That's why she was like, listen, I'll help you out. Just spare me and my family. Because I know where this is headed. I'm much too much familiar with what's happened in your lives. We've heard about it. We've seen it with our eyes. We've seen that weirdo cloud that, you know, follows you guys. And the pillar of fire at night. We've seen it. And we don't want to get involved. But they believed the report that they saw the feeling report that kind of report and if you are always gonna just rely on what you see and what you feel it's just this marriage is just not working because you know heraldo just doesn't understand me you know he doesn't understand me no you just you made up your mind because you woke up in a tizzy you know that's it plus you didn't eat so go ahead and get yourself a sandwich And all of a sudden, you're going to be like, I love you, Geraldo. You know what I mean? My bad. (laughs) I love you. And it was just because you were hangry. Do you know what I mean? So we got to be spiritually minded here, folks. The problem is the hole that's inside of you, the hole of ignorance, the hole of misunderstanding. What's really yours. Are you healed? Yes, but uh, my anxiety? Okay, so call. keep calling it yours, dummy. Because it's going to be yours. But you can take my two. You want mine? But you continue to pick up the mourning instead of the oil of joy. You continue to pick up the ashes instead of the beauty. And you continue to pick up the spirit of heaviness instead of the garment of praise. Because that's in the Bible. That's a choice that we have to make been through some things too I might look really good right now but I've had some really tough times in my life I might look perfect but I've been through some things and it would have been easy for me to just say you know what why even preach this why would I ever preach on being fruitful if I've lost two kids what a mockery How embarrassing is that? And I could have just easily just given myself to that mentality. You know what? I'm a victim. I'll always be a victim. And I had people come and, you know, we just want you to come in and just share your thoughts about the loss of your child. And just like, let that just minister to the other people that can have children. And I'm like, no. No. Uh, you can have that. I'm going to preach faith. I'm going to preach joy. I'm not going to preach on that kind of stuff and identify it and have it like a badge of honor on me. That ain't my portion. But you know, some of us will, will say, I've been through that. And then we make a really comfy comb of ang- at home for anxiety and fear and everything we've been through. And we identify and we can never break out of it. No. Turn to your neighbor and say, hell no. Hell no. Yeah. No, the hell, hell is the place. Don't get offended. (laughs) I'm not identifying with that. That's not going to be my ministry. It's not, (laughs) well, I have a
0: service. It's really rough, but God helped me through it.
1: (laughs) Get out of here with that. And you know, a lot of people have been ministered by that testimony, but I'm not at that place anymore of sadness and sorrow and defeat. When I bring that up, it's to glory in God and say, there's a way out of this mess. You don't have to stay in it. You don't have to cry every night. You don't have to to relate to that problem for 65 years of your life. You can be free from it. Can you say amen? So stop it see a lot of you, some, some of you I like to step on some toes right now I'm, I'm hearing the crunches of your bones because you may have never heard of this before but sympathy doesn't get the job done I don't need for you to say I bendito everything's going to be okay no I need a way out right and if you're crying and you keep crying and you just get like a little bendito and a little you know shoulder rub or whatever you're just going to stain your jacket but if somebody can tell you, and I've been in that position maybe worse than you, there's a way out. Take the step out. And you might be might have been in it for years and years and years, but change comes with the first step. It's the first choice you make to side with the things of the spirit. I don't have to be in this mess. I don't have to be alone. I don't have to be in anxiety. I don't have to be sick. I don't have to be in poverty. I don't have to be in lack. I don't have to have cloudy vision of where I'm headed to. I can have it all. Can you say amen? So the real problem is you don't know the truth of the word of God. Cause that was my problem. And I always thought, oh, you're just good for nothing, idiot. Your attention spans horrible. Your reading stinks. You suck at English and Spanish too. (laughs) You know, like no man's land at this point. You know, I'm like, dang, I don't know. Just start drawing or whatever. But without this, you can't succeed. And I want you to really, like, if you get anything tonight, please get this impartation of the love for the word. Oh, there is nothing like the word. And people that don't get it, you just don't. You'll never get it until you start devouring this thing. And all of a sudden you're like, Jesus, have mercy. I can't go a day without it. I have to hear it. It's like a drug for me. I'm like, I need more. And then you start connecting things and the light of God's word starts to illuminate. And you're like, dang, I know I didn't come up with that. The Holy Spirit led me. And then it just be, it changes everything. It changes everything without the word you cannot succeed it's really that easy just as much as you have to stop it just as much as you have to you know be aware that your actions every single day matter the importance of the word and you devouring it matters you have to have it or you won't succeed can you say amen? amen and the Bible says in Psalm 19 verse 8 the commands of the Lord are right and it brings you joy. Yeah. Well, I'm just depressed, you know. It's just, just a bad day. It's just your talisman. <laughs> it's like, no, you, you didn't get into the word. Because I can tell you, 10 times out of 10, this is going to leave you with something, a deposit, a residue on your life. It's called joy. And you know, joy is such a powerful thing. I used to preach a lot about fear, but now I'm just, I think I'm going to start doing joy because it's much more powerful. Joy is a powerful, powerful thing. You know, back when I was uh, fighting with my sisters, we're twins, me and Magali, and we have uh, siblings, there's five of us and then three older sisters. So we were always like fighting, like always, you know? But the one thing that ticked everybody off is when they were upset, you just start laughing. (laughs) <laughs> look at, she's crying one time mags like manifested i'm sure she's watching right now but literally she was like so upset that i like wore something and she was like Err! i was like look at your dumb face <laughs> i just started laughing and she turned redder than my bible and like just pounced on me and it was like throwing punches like really hard. And I just, I just laughed. And then she like ran away just like, ah, ah, You know, that's just the way the enemy works. He'll try to throw those punches and he'll try to frustrate the heck out of you. But if you remain in a state of joy, he remains powerless. He could keep throwing those punches. You're just laughing try me so the word of God makes you happy can you say amen Amen. so you build your life around the word and everything changes effortlessly if it feels like it's a burden if you feel like I don't have the power to overcome this it's because you don't know the word that's it it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. The Word of God is spirit. The Word of God is God. It's a spirit. So the more you ingest this, the more you keep your mind on it, everything changes. An effortless change begins to happen where you're like literally from one day to the next, like I, I thought, I thought that had a hold on me. It totally doesn't anymore. And you have to be consistent. Consistently in the word. Consistently eating it, digesting it, meditating on it day and night, night and day. Not one day off, because the devil doesn't take a day off. And some of y'all need to get acquainted with that. You take a couple weeks off, you know, just Jonathan, it's just when Jonathan's around, we're gonna come. What, And and then you have everything to show for it. You've got a broken family, You're in and out of jobs. Why? Because you don't take it seriously. But the moment you take it seriously, everything changes. And then you look back and you're like, dang, that was way too easy. And that's how it was with me. It'll be like that for you. Can you say amen? amen? So renew your mind. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Renew your mind. Rebuild your life. When you renew your mind, you rebuild your life. A new mind is a new life. So the thing is, when we get saved, the old is gone away, right? And there's a new creature that exists. It's the new me, the new Adali. Adali is dead and buried. But the new, the new me is Christ in the flesh. Christ who lives in me. But you know what stops me? Is my mind. So now I've got to make sure that my mind lines up with the newness of who I am. And that's something that I have to develop by ingesting the word. So that's the only way you're going to experience true, lasting, successful change. Because you felt the change when you got saved. I know you did. Everybody knows you did. And ultimately, it's the same formula. You heard a word that preacher Jonathan was talking to you about. You received it into your heart, not your mind. You received it in your heart and you believed. And then confession was made that Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. And you made that uh, confession and then everything changed. Can you say amen? Amen. It's the same way with everything else. Everything in your life that's not working, whether it's financial, whether it's your marriage or your children, all you got to do is believe the word of God. And then it starts to affect everything. God hasn't failed you. You failed to believe. God didn't fail you. You failed to believe. Again, he's not on on the driver's seat. You're on the driver's seat. Are you listening to his voice? So you can pray until you're blue in the face and nothing's going to change. You know that, right? You have to take the incorruptible seed of God's word and keep planting it in your heart, in your life, every single day. You're going to water it with the washing of the word. The word is water. It's likened to water. The word is likened to food, sustenance, meat, milk. Without it, you're sunk. Without it, you cannot develop into a, a strong Christian, a strong man or a strong woman. You're lying to yourself. If you think you could just open this up every now and again when Pastor Charity's up here preaching. When Pastor Dean's up here preaching. Ingest the word of God into your heart. Can you say amen? Amen. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you have to ingest this so many times that it starts affecting your heart, which is just the seat of authority. That's the real you. You, your heart, you, the way you think, all of a sudden it changes. And then everything that you were used to, everything that you used to say, all all of a sudden it bugs you. I'm not saying I'm broke. I'm I'm, I'm wealthy. I'm Abraham's seed. I can't say that I'm sick. That goes against the word. So you start having an aversion to lies. And you begin to cling on to the truth. Can you say amen? Proverbs 23, seven says, as a man thinks in his heart. Yeah. So this is why effortless change comes. The more you ingest this, because the more you take this in, the easier it's going to reflect on your life because it changes you. It's who you are. What you believe is who you are. How you view God is everything. It's everything. Everything. If you think God is judging you and hates your guts and there's a curse on your family, that's exactly what is going to happen. How you view God and, 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 and the, the, the light that's dispersed in your life, according to the word of God, is, is what's going to take you far. It's what's going to keep you blinded. Can you say amen? Amen. Unless you do something to keep your mind on the word, your mind will wander somewhere else. Can you say amen or uh-oh or Mio Mayo? Because you know it's true. If you're not thinking about this, I was just talking to Jonathan. We were, we were on a, ro- a road trip and we're like, you know, like it, it must be, it must suck to not be a child of God. It must suck to not be in the spirit. Because if you don't have that, like, what do you do? And I was like, I, I know what you would do. You would drink, you would smoke, you would do whatever you can to avoid the reality of what's happening in your life. But not us. We know a better way. And the better way is the word of God. We've, we've, we've been able to, to pray in the Holy ghost when things get tough, right? And we see to, uh, through it, we, we go through these issues and it's not a big deal. And that's the power of being a believer. Can you say amen? Amen. There's a problem because there's stinking thinking. So you can't think like that anymore. So you have to renew your mind based on the word of God. Can you say amen? We have to be dominated by the word of God. That has to be the one thing. And that's the the one thing that you're loyal to is not your race. It's not the, the place where you grew up. It's not your last name. The thing that has to dominate you, the thing that you have to be most loyal to is the word of God. The word of God will change everything in your life. It is that easy. So maintain the thrust. And I'm telling you this, especially you teenagers uh, that just came from uh, the camp. Maintain the thrust. Keep pushing forward. Keep moving forward. Don't get your foot off of the gas pedal. Keep moving forward. Could you imagine what happens if we all got in a helicopter and I just turned the engine off? The propellers just stopped turning. What are we going to do? Yeah, we're going to fall hard. We're going to fall real, really hard because you can't turn the engine off and coast into glory. And a lot of people do that. We coast. Well, I'm well. I'm in there like all of the time. You know, we're always in, you know, we do this thing over in Choose Life Church and we're always there. And then, you know, and then you go home and then Boo Boo calls you and you get in the car with him. Okay. You stop the engine and all of a sudden you're falling hard. And then you get jaded. And then you're like, mm, I don't really know if I want to go into ministry anymore. Get out of here with that. Keep your foot on the gas. Can you say amen? You need thrust in order to maintain the lift. And if you turn the engine off, the aircraft, any kind of aircraft, you're in very big trouble. And you know what's pulling you down? Gravity. Gravity's going to pull you down. So it's up to us to maintain, keep that engine on and keep moving forward. Keep the thrust going because gravity wants to pull you down. And if that all stops, you're going to find out gravity is real. And it's the same way in our faith. Just like gravity to unbelief. If you're not moving forward and, and you're flying you, you you keep, you know, getting the word of God and receiving the word of God and and, and acting on the word of God, you got to continue on in it. Because the moment it stops, unbelief will start to set in. Then you're going to start believing the doctor's report. Then you're going to start believing that you have a generational curse or whatever it is people are thinking these days. Our job is to stay full of the gas that's found in God's word. This is the fuel you need. That's why God didn't make a little pamphlet, a little six page thing, how to live your life. No, he's like, I'm going to tell you everything you need to know. This is life's manual and it's up to us to ingest it. It's up to us to receive it by faith today, live by it. Walk in it every single day. A walk is, is, is one step at a time. And it'll be the easiest change you've ever had. Can you say amen? amen? I want us to get on our feet today. Because there's a lot of you that continue to struggle and it frustrates me. And I don't know this. I don't know anybody from anybody. I know the Shropshire's. I know Heather. You know what I mean? That's, that's, I don't know, and I don't even know what business Heather has in her life. I don't know. Don't care. But I know in my spirit that a lot of you, there's like these, these, these weeks where you struggle, and you're like, well, I want to do what Pastor Greg and Pastor Charity say, but I feel like I can't do it. This is the remedy. Your word life is weak, and it's producing weak results. So if you want to remain in a state of strength, you need to devour the word. Can you say amen? amen. So I want to impart that to you tonight. A desire, a hunger to, to want to have the word of God come alive on the inside of you. That when you read it, it's not just like you're, you're, you're you know, checking it off the list of religious things, the religious duties you have to do. But when you read it, you're setting a time apart with God and you're, you're understanding the way he talks, the way he would do things, the way he would hear things. You're making time for those things. Can you say amen? And that's the secret to success. And all that's required is that we believe it and that we don't doubt it. So stop it with the, uh, I lost another baby. I'm not belittling that. I'm not making fun of you, kind of. But I want you to snap out of it. Because you're going to remain in a state that's perpetually in bondage. And it's easy to break free from it. All you have to do is believe it. That's what's required of every one of us. Is to simply believe. That's our job. He did everything else. We have to believe it. We have to trust him. We have to believe it. We have to trust him. We have to really believe him and really trust in him. That regardless of what we're going through, regardless of what the doctors say, you're not in a tizzy. You're not in fear. You're not in panic. You're sleeping. Right? Where was Daniel in the lion's den when the angel came in? He was asleep. Where was Jesus in the middle of the storm when all the other guys were like, you know, uh, panicking? We're going to die, don't you care? And Jesus is asleep with this little com- comfy cushion under his head because they didn't miss that. He was like really comfortable. So they wanted you to, they, God wanted to paint a picture like Jesus was really comfortable. And we've all been there where we're so comfortable and somebody comes in with something stupid and wakes you up out of that sleep. And it's a really good, delicious sleep. You know what I mean? and you're mad and Jesus was mad and he said how, how long do I have to tolerate you dummies how long do I have to put up with you do you not believe and the answer was no they don't because he said to them we're going to the other side we're going leave me alone I'm tired and you know what they said oh Jesus we're fishermen here man this is bad <laughs> hero. and you start praying fearful prayers oh god please don't let that happen to me there's no victory in that god's not going to get behind that prayer you have to state what the word of god says just like jesus did he wasn't praying about it he didn't cry about it he was like no i know i know where i'm at you're not going to mess with me. You're not going to knock me off. I know where I stand. I don't care how I feel. I don't care what's going on around me. The word of God says, by his stripes, I have been healed. The word of God says, my seed will be a blessing and shall be mighty to this generation. So obviously my kid can't die before their time. They can't struggle. They can't. No, he's going to be mighty. She's going to be mighty. Can you say amen? Amen. You have to know what's in there or else you're going to get robbed. You're just going to believe everything that they tell you to believe. If you don't get acclimated uh, to the word of God, you're going to suffer and you're going to continue to suffer. You're going to fail, and you're going to continue to fail so long as you understand what's written here in the Word of God, and then everything changes. And let me tell you something, brother. Let me tell you something, sis. Once you receive that revelation, nobody can take it away from you. That's why it's important to do your own study it's great that we're here, it's great that you're underlining your Bible when you're in church service, but what are you doing outside of this place? What are you doing? Because that's what's gonna make the difference. And when you receive that revelation all by yourself, everything changes. All of a sudden you you know, God you're talking to me. Oh my gosh. He's talking to me. He's telling me things. He's revealing things, the secret things the Bible says. And he wants that for us. He wants you to get so acquainted with his word that when storms come and the troubles come, you're not shaken by it. It's like the the man who built his his home on the solid foundation. You need a solid foundation on the word or else you're building your home on sand. And the first storm that comes, you're out of the church. You're offended. Brother Mark didn't say hi to me. He's an usher. He thinks he's an usher. He's a jerk. <laughs> but if you understand the spirit of offense and that that's what the enemy does try to get you off course then you'd be like, Mark, you're, you're my homeboy. <laughs> Maybe he has a toothache. I don't know. Maybe he hates my guts. I don't care. I'm staying put. I ain't going nowhere because I know the enemy's tactics. I'm not going anywhere. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm not going anywhere. I want you all in heaven. I want myself in heaven. That's why I pay very careful attention to what the word of God has to say. Cause this is the light that guides me. This is what illuminates my path. This is what gives me clarity. This is what gives me joy, which then gives me strength. This is what makes me a strong believer, a strong Christian. This is why it seems like the wind of heaven has gotten behind our sails. And we're doing things that I would have never even dreamed about. You think me, a Puerto Rican from Boston, Massachusetts, south side of Framingham, Massachusetts, would have thought that she'd be taking private jets and preaching to people in Hobbs, New Mexico? I didn't even know New Mexico was a thing. I wasn't good with geography. I failed that too. Thank you. Hobbs, New Mexico. What? I've never heard of Hobbs. We just started hearing about it during COVID. Who? What is that? I don't even know who that is. And I was like, no, scope it out, Jonathan. I'll stay home. You know, but, but if you just simply believe the word of God, it changes every aspect of your life. And it'll take you to places you've never dreamed of. He'll make life so pleasurable, so easy. And for some of you guys, that's really hard to wrap your mind around. Like, could life be this easy that you are not, you don't wake up in a sweat concerned about finances? Um, yes. When you learn about the prosperity that God has given us, that we don't have to sweat it out. It's just a blessing that comes on us. It overtakes us, that he, he gives us so much we don't have room to take it in. You can get acquainted with that God he's found in the Bible. And you know, Jonathan was talking about that one couple. And he said, do you remember those times? The wife said, do you remember those days when you'd drive and I'd cuddle up next to you? And look at where we are now. And she's over by the hugging the other door. And he's far away. And the husband said, I never moved. You know, that's that's how God feels. It's like, I'm, I'm right here. I am right here. Why don't you read? Why don't you open this thing up? Get familiar with who I am. See how much I love you. I wish that God could come down and have tea with us. But he can't. Because he's done everything he could. He sent his word. He sent his son. He sent the Holy Ghost. Fully equipping us for every good work. So when we get up to heaven. We're not going to be like God you didn't give me that power. He's going to be like don't sass me don't be an idiot. Can you say amen? Amen. And for some of you, this is what you need. You need a little kick in the butt to get you in gear. You cannot make it in your business without this. You can't make it in your marriage without this. You cannot raise good, godly fearing kids without this book, without God. You can do no good thing. That's what they were saying. I cannot do anything good in my life if you're not in it. So if you don't have the word hidden in your heart, you can't do it right. And I want you to do it right. This church is special to me, just like it is with my church. I feel like it's an extension of my church, but it's not. But it feels like it, because I love you. And I want the best of you. And when I hear things like, oh, they're not coming back, why aren't they here? Why aren't they coming back? Oh, they got offended. Oh, they left because, you know, something happened and whatever. Ah, what? Don't be that person. Come with me to heaven. And you know, it's, 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 we want to talk about it and be happy, clappy about it. But there's, there's a, there's a sacrifice that we have to make. We have to push time away from the busyness of our life to get in contact with God. And I would that you would structure your life around that. Oh, well, I don't have time, but you have time to run to Duncan. You have time to be on your phone for nine hours a day. And you think I'm playing. How long are you on Tic Tac? So pull up your phone. Let me show me. You're on Tic Tac for four and a half hours a day. But you can't take 30 minutes and just get alone with God. Surely you can. And that's what you're going to receive tonight. Uh, A desire, this onus to take responsibility to understand like I have a part to play and I'm not gonna do this uh, anymore. I'm not gonna take the word of God lightly in Jesus' name. I want us all to pray this prayer, are you ready? Say heavenly father, I can't hear you. Forgive me of my sin. I believe that Jesus is my Lord and my savior, that he died for me but rose again from the dead, to break the chains of death and destruction over my life. I'll never struggle. I'll never fear. I'll never be sick in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, let me pray for you. Lift your hands up. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for every person in this place. And I thank you that every time they would pass by your word, that you would remind them. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would put reminders on the inside of everyone here to read your word. And when they do, Father, let it come alive. To some, let it be the first time they experience the word of God coming alive on the inside of them in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that by your spirit, just like your word declares, that you would lead us and guide us into all truth in the mighty name of Jesus. The day of struggle is over. Then I command everyone in this place to make it to heaven and not only make it to heaven, but Father, but have a wonderful time here on earth. Stress free, happy, healthy joyful in the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said amen why don't you give a hand clap now I want you to turn to your neighbor and say you look awesome let's read the word together
0: hey this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth I want to thank you for listening to my podcast if you're listening to my wife's thank you on her behalf If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.